0: Welcome to the sixth episode of the X's podcast. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight, Ikea.
1: Oh, yeah. Good evening, everybody.
0: All right. Let's get into it. First up, mom on mom crime. So moms bullying moms. Let's check it out.
1: So when you choose to go against the grain, especially as a mom, yeah. I already know what I'm finna get when I say that yeah. motherhood is hard. Yeah. Um, I, one of my content creator friends yeah. said that she... Regrets that, like certain aspects of motherhood, like the anxiety that she always feels like something's gonna happen to her kid. Right. She needs to be around her kid 100% of the time, which people were like, oh, well, how's your daughter gonna feel? You know, you, you must hate your daughter. It's mostly women that want you to shut up about how hard it is because mm-hmm. if you continue this narrative of it's hard, it's not easy, this this does require a lot of effort and strength on a, on a person, right, to be a parent, mm-hmm. then they can't go along with the whole, this is the best thing that's yeah, ever it's happened. Holding, to it's me. holding the mirror up right. to them. Yeah, my my truth, I can't, my truth is gonna disrupt right. your lie. Your lie.
0: right are mothers too hard on other mothers about motherhood ikea i would say probably 50 50 yeah
1: um i do think that sometimes some mothers look at it as every aspect of being a parent is just so peaches and cream and like i said especially if you're a new mom you see that a lot of times people with uh, uh who's a new mom they have struggles with it because you there's not a book that's going to teach you how to be a good parent that is like a learn as you go process right and then the more kids you have you get better and better it's kind of like I would say relate motherhood to what is it the loves commercial where Mm -hmm. you know how it would show you like with the first kid you were completely clueless you went over the top and then you get that second and third kid it's like I'm not finna do that anymore so yeah I think sometimes they do yeah. And I think that sometimes, yeah, because I think there's nothing wrong with the mother saying, I'm overwhelmed. You know, I'm overwhelmed. This isn't as easy as I thought it was gonna be. I think that those mothers instead of judging them, they should be like a support system because you guys yeah. have that one thing in common. Like we're we're all mothers here. None of us are perfect.
0: Yeah. Yep. So uh, before I get into my opinion here, I just want to tell the people that are watching, please comment if you have an opinion on this. We want your feedback. We want to include you in the show. So please engage us and join the conversation. Okay. so motherhood is hard. Absolutely. Parenthood is hard, period. Right. It just is. Children are it's not always uh, glitz and glamour. It's not always fun Mm -hmm. times. Parenthood is difficult. For every great thing that you have in life, there is sacrifice. To get your child's first uh, smile, to get to get to them uh, walking around, all of the joys of them saying their first words, all the things that we enjoy as parents, you know, watching them become who they are, all those things require a great amount of sacrifice, they just do, you know, and um I, I do think that women are particularly hard on other women when it comes to motherhood. I made this point a while back, if you remember, when I was talking about single parenthood dating and putting time constraints on when it's appropriate to introduce the children to the person that you're dating. Right. And when you put like a number out there and again draw a line in the sand for this kind of thing you're giving other women the ammunition that they need to judge other mothers for that right and they often already do that when it comes to dating because they look at one mother and they're like wow they just started talking to that guy and they're already introducing their kids to them you know but how much information are they missing in that equation this, they may have just found out that this person was talking to this person and they could have been talking to him for six months for all, you know, and not know about it. And so I just think that too often we get wrapped up uh, into these numbers in our head that we create. Like, I think you said six months or something, right? And I just think that that gives people ammunition to hate on each other. I don't like it.
1: Uh, well, with that part there, the whole meeting. But now I can I can agree with everything else you said. But I think the meeting part because that's very important um for you, your kids, and then the other person too. Like that's interesting to you. So yeah. But now everything else, yeah, I can agree with. Like, I, it's just like a you want to nitpick. If it, I mean, you'd be surprised. There are people who probably judge mothers based on how they change. Their child's diaper like are you putting them in that what is that thing called that they're you know they're yeah. changing station versus are uh-huh. you changing them just like on a countertop or whatever like you have people who literally nitpick and it's like can they just be a mom to their own kid yeah that works for them it's not it's, going to be appeasing for you
0: it's funny as a single dad i especially when the kids were younger when they were younger You were talking about the support system thing. There already is kind of that, to be honest with you, like every area sort of has a group of single moms that all kind of kick it and hang out. And um, they're like a little support group. And as a single dad of two young children, when they were like in diapers and toddlers and stuff, when I would go to the grocery store to Walmart, I was like an honorary member of their club because, because I would always, people would always come up to me and they would ask me, well, how's the baby doing? you know, and then they would do the knee slapping and just, you know, uh, just all the things that, that, that I think single mothers usually do with one another. I got to be sort of honorary member of that little clique or group. Uh, but I think I got a pass on a lot of stuff. I don't think that they judged me for being, you know not not being a good enough whatever here or there because i am a guy and Mm -hmm. it's not a traditional role to raise kids that are that young so interesting mom on mom crime is a real thing unbelievable all right we'll go to the next one what we got uh advice for lonely dudes I owe you absolutely nothing as a man who doesn't know you. Simp culture within the Western world has become a norm. So men will say, okay, cool. And this is why I speak to men. Men, I'm going to speak to you, right? Because if you are out here with a lot of money, stop giving pretty women attention. Because what happens is you will lose your resources, you will lose your money, you will lose your time. And what will happen is they will take your time, effort, resources, all the things that you built up, and they'll be on to the next. Advice for lonely men who have a little bit of dough. You got any? Eh, well, the thing is, where he
1: said, for, as far as pretty women go, and it's kind of like what we had a conversation about last night, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And I think even if they may not be classified to the world as beautiful, they got to have a little bit There are
0: yeah. social norms. Yeah,
1: but I can agree that, yeah, if you're, if you're flaunting your wealth, that's what you're going to attract is people who want to attach themselves to your wealth. So yeah. as a man who says that they're not trying to attract the gold digger type women, well, then you got to stop attracting them with your wealth, right. Attract with them your with money. yourself. So yeah. that's the best advice I can give you is don't lead with your wealth, lead with your, your personality, lead with the t- type of person you are, leave your wealth at home for a change and see how they treat you. And yeah. then then you can discover, okay, are you with me for me? Are you interested in me for me? Or is it for what I can do for you? That's like, honestly, the only advice I can give. I mean, I got to tell you that
0: the stereotypes are kind of true though, because, you know, I used to drive around in a sports car. um, And somehow I found this exotic sports car for next to nothing. You know, I, I mean, it was one of those deals where this make and model was sort of notorious among mechanics for having a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to find one that was still running. It was still operating and running. Um, And so I got it for dirt cheap, but it was just a really sexy car, like very exotic. If you seen someone driving down the road with it, you would think, man, they got money, you know? And um, boy, that thing did turn eyes and it did create the perception that i had money and in return uh i received a lot more interest from from women because it appeared like i had money you know um as far as advice i would just say uh to to your point everybody has what i call their their uh superpowers you know Mm -hmm. if you got a lot of money. Somehow you got that money. Somehow you have some sort of talent that you've used to be profitable. So there's some sort of talent in you that you're not really showing people. If you're leading with your money and not leading with the talent that got you that money, then you're attracting the wrong kind of woman. Uh, I would just say, first and foremost, double down on that talent. That you have, you know, and 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 really, really craft it and hone it, and then try to think of places where women might be that would appreciate that talent. Where are they going to be at?
1: You know, whatever that the bar, Oh, it is not at the clubs. I can tell you that because there's a certain type of people that are in certain types of places kind of like at church right like we know the church is where sinners go but everyone's a sinner but it and, and even that there has turned into like a cliche type of stereotype because we know for certain today to say if you look for a good woman go to church that's oh, not oh, always the boy. case uh, but yeah. yeah i mean but back then that was kind of like the advice they give like hey go over there but no it's where you're going and searching So if you're looking for someone who's not interested in your wealth, then you don't go to the places where people potentially are vibrating on the same frequency, which tends to be low, which is like the bars, the clubs, the parties, things like that. Go to like upper scale places like the cigar shops. Uh, Yeah, like they have places like that here in Jackson. Mm -hmm. You get a different type of energy yeah. And then you go to those places where people with your that commonwealth work. have, because then you can probably weed out, you know, because there's going to be more people who are on your level financially than there are who is not that are in those places.
0: Yeah, you know, so well, you have to go where, this, you know, The other part of this is we're talking about men here. Men, men are, uh, you know, they think with their eyes. Okay, they just do. So we can give them all this kind of fluffy advice about, uh, being the right places and, so on and so forth but the reality is most of those places don't have the kind of girls aesthetically that they're kind of looking for but
1: then that falls in that category then that what he's talking about is if you're if you're looking for a particular look that particular look comes with a particular type of agenda which tends to be those women who are seeking the wealth of men so it's kind of like they do it to themselves like you know better can can i can i can i throw
0: a can i throw a curveball out there though okay so it's my opinion that if you have to lead with your wealth Mm -hmm. then aesthetically you're you're not putting out what these these type of women want aesthetically because if you look the right way we all know if you look the right way you can live in your mama's basement And the chicks will still dig you. You just have to have the right aesthetic for them, right? So if I'm giving a guy advice that maybe has some money but doesn't want to attract women with their money, but they're looking for a certain type of aesthetic, I'm going to tell them to start working out, bro. Get off the couch and start working out. Because, again, women... They look with their eyes too, right? They're not all like Ikea. They're not all searching for a soulmate, right? Some of them are just looking for flesh. And if you don't have the flesh and you're just attracting them with money and you want to stop, there is some things that you can do, right? You can go pick up a gym membership. I've been working out lately. Don't even have a gym membership. I just, it's better time management. It's just figuring out time management okay so interesting stuff though double down on your superpower i say but to to the, to the clips credit don't give out your money right i mean i just feel like here's the thing the whole simp thing is real i feel like if you got <laughs> if you got to attract a woman by throwing money around you're a chump and you're a fool and you're a trick to the women right they think you're a joke Because you're just so, you're you're just so willing to throw your money out there. It's just like, if you work hard for something like your money, you shouldn't just haphazardly just give it away to women, right? Like they should have to earn their place. They should have to earn their place in life. And it's just like, don't do that. You're making yourself look weak, weak weak-minded,
1: Yeah, but that would be to that would be to other men that are focused on other people and not themselves. Because I actually saw last night uh, when I got off the stream, I seen where they were talking about James Harding had actually sent Sweetie $100,000 for a date. Now, did he end up going on that date? I don't know, because I know they're not together. But it was people like literally were saying, like, if you have to. I'll send the money. But then it was one guy in the comments that had commented on there and said, not the passport bros, sitting up here mad at James Harden because he can afford a trick without catching flights. And it made sense because it was like he got it. Like, listen, this guy, if he wants to spend one hundred thousand dollars of his own money, that's not coming from anyone else then why does that necessarily have to make him a simp? apparently he didn't see a problem with sending her $100,000. So why should we be more upset than he is?
0: I mean, I just think that from my point of view, I've never had to use money to attract women. And I feel like it, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't strike me as a very uh, manly thing to do. Like it's, it's just,
1: but if you think about it in all aspects of life, men spend money, just like women do, you literally do I this entire world that, is transactional. So rather you're in a me, relationship or not, you're so, going to spend it money. Feels so
0: it just feels so fake, right? It's kind of like, um, you know, we've had to talk about, uh, do you take a girl out to the club or out for coffee on the first date? And I'm very much a coffee guy. I will not go out to a bar or to a club for basically any date, really. Uh, I want to get to know you as a person, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to get to know you as a person, I got to get to know your mind sober. And um, I just feel like money in that way is sort of like alcohol, right? When you give a woman alcohol, She loses her inhibitions. She becomes more free with herself. If it takes that for you to get with a woman, it's just weak, bro. It's just weak.
1: Because you're probably not looking for a sit. Most of the time, when that's happening, those what people have to understand is they're not doing it to secure a woman at long term. It's to have fun. It's called pay to play. That's what they're doing. So if you want to be taken serious, then that's why I was saying you don't go where people are not looking to take anybody serious. It's it's. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Whatever's going to happen is what's going to happen. And then I'm, I'm going on like and I'm leaving you where you're at. Like, that's where you would go. Like the places like that, the clubs and stuff like that. Who's taking anyone serious that they're meeting in a club? Nobody. Because nine times out of 10 it, yeah. the crowd, it just the setting wasn't right. So that's why I said go where people who have similarities to what you have even your financial status go there because then you don't have to worry about like when have you ever seen rich people in the same room trying to outdo the next rich person and impress the women they already know they have the wealth so it's like we're not in competition with that regardless if i may have a little more than you do it's more so they're leading in other ways and that's why i said people have to learn to read the room And pay attention to the energy that's going around. So if you're looking for someone to be taken serious, you got to go to places where people literally take things serious. No, I agree with that. And that was part
0: of some of my notes, right? It's like, it it goes back to the superpower thing. Like you have superpowers. If you're like a math whiz or something and you made a bunch of money because, you know, you're really good at math, then you need to go find chicks that are into math because they're going to be impressed by your ability to do formulas or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think, uh, as, as a, as a way to attract women, I'm not a fan of throwing money around like that. And the other thing that I would say is just like, I struggled a lot, a lot of years, a lot of years I, I struggled hard and, um, there were women that wouldn't bat an eye at me when I was struggling right they may have been physically sort of interested in me but as far as like really considering me they they just wouldn't touch me because they knew i was broke they knew i had kids they weren't interested well now that i've reached a place in my life where i'm at least financially secure right i'm not i'm not running around here loaded or anything but um I have had some of these girls come back around and now all of a sudden they're interested, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, where were you when I was the pizza guy? And that's how I had going for myself was the pizza being the pizza guy, right? Like you weren't willing to come in and make the sacrifices to help me generate the wealth, even though you could clearly see I was on the path. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd have had to been blind back then to look at me and not know that I was motivated Mm -hmm. and I was going somewhere right so it just bugs me one when women are able to successfully right scheme their way out of guys hard-earned money but two it bugs me when guys are foolish enough to, to to give it out it's like it just it irks me like i don't know
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's what I said. It's like, and the only way you can do it is you have to literally stay away from the places where they're at. Because most guys that do that, they're looking to play, too. That's why you never hear, quote unquote, wealthy men complaining about gold diggers because they already have that understanding. Why are they going to complain about what they already understand? It's not there's no need to do the only people that complain is people that can't afford to play. They complain about it. And that's why I said that's when you got to take a look at yourself, take a step back and say, why am I counting another man's pockets? It's not yeah. affecting my life, what he's doing, what is well. If he goes broke tomorrow, that's his problem. And I ain't got to take care of him, you know. So yeah. that's why I was just like, yeah, I mean, if they with James Harden, he thought it was OK. He wanted to spend one hundred thousand rather he got the date or he didn't that yeah. he obviously he wasn't gonna miss that money because they tell yeah. you don't spend what you're going to miss money what essentially need
0: so, so superficial though and if yeah. we're really really gonna get down to the you know if we're really gonna talk about advice like real good solid mm-hmm. advice I think that you have to get away from short term flings And try to find someone that you can connect with on a spiritual level, right? Like, that's what you should be doing. And if you're sort of a surface level kind of guy, kind of a bimbo type of dude, whatever, that's one thing. But if you're spending your money for the attention of women and you really want a long-term relationship, but you you know, you just don't know how to get it. Um, I think it goes back to that getting around people that have similar mindsets that are going to appreciate you for who you are. And I think that short term relationships can never trump the true value of a long term, committed, loving relationship where you are spiritually connected, right? And one night flings are never going to mean the same sort of thing as having someone that your partner, that you're fighting the world with. That has your back and has a set of goals and it's you against the world, right? You as a unit against the rest of the world. That's what we should be aiming, aiming for. That's what we should be trying to accomplish. So. If you got money that's what you're 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 aiming for don't use your money to find it because spirituality has nothing to do with money
1: absolutely because money is not real anyway so it's paper or however you want to classify it as yeah
0: it's paper so all right moving on next topic deadbeat dads
1: we're going to talk about the dead baby daddies that come from single mothers the men who come from single mothers and they lean on this crutch of well my mother did it my mother was able to do it alone or they'll constantly put you in competition with their mother what i can't understand is how as a child you can grow up in an environment of financial and emotional struggle and want to inflict that upon the woman you decide to have children with. Why do you guys want to work these women down like they're horses because your mother survived it? Yes, it's possible. But why is that the fi- family dynamic that you want to continue?
0: Deadbeat dads coming from single home. So is, do you think that it's, I'm just curious, I, I don't, I probably don't have as much insight or perspective as you on this because you're a single woman. Right. Looking out into the world to find somebody. Do you think that single dads generally come from, or I'm sorry, deadbeat dads? Do you think deadbeat dads generally come from single parent homes? Like, is that a trend or?
1: I wouldn't call it a trend um, because a trend is something everybody wants to jump on for majority wants to jump on. So I wouldn't call it a trend, but it's definitely um, uh, it's definitely a problematic situation across the nation. But I do agree with what she said is, you know, if you watched your mother go through it, why would you want the mother of your children to go through it? That should be because I've always looked at it like this. If you came from a single parent home, regardless of who is the one that raised you and you came from struggle, that should be your motivation to be better because you already understand what you endured. So why want someone else Uh, that you make a child with have to go through those same things. Like, why would, if you grow up without that other parent, why do you want your child to grow up without that other parent? You know how it felt. But I think most people are just selfish because you've seen too many stories where people had similar situations as you did, and they did not let that hinder them from growing Instead, they use it as a footstool to further themselves. So people can sit up there and say, well, it's because you have all these single mothers, why you got all these trashy men out here. Poor excuse. And it's like we're not buying that anymore. You choose to be who you want to be. You're in control of that, not your environment, not the people you surround yourself by. You, at the end of the day, have a responsibility for what and how you turn out once you jump off the porch. And what I mean by that is I'm saying when you leave the nest, you go out into the world, you're responsible for your decisions when you get to a certain age. So uh, to me, I think it's the, the thing is they never wanted a child to begin with and hence how they got the term deadbeat mom, deadbeat dad. They never wanted the parent of the child to begin with. Most of the time in those situations, you will hear those men, they will blatantly say, if I don't care about the mother, why would I care about the child? They blatantly tell people this, you know, so that's why it's like, it's on you. It's not about if she wants you around or not, because like I said, they don't have to be with you for you to still be a parent. You still have a responsibility. And if you choose not to, that's just your choice. You want to be a piece of crap.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, my insight as far as the struggle, the struggle of single parenthood, she said something that rang really true for me. And, you know, why would you want to put somebody through that emotional and financial stress?
1: Exactly.
0: And it's so simple right? The way that she explained it, the the words that she used, it's so simple, but so freaking accurate. Emotional financial stress. That is single parenthood in a nutshell. Emotional and financial stress. And I'll just add, not only do you have emotional and financial stress, but you're alone with it. You're, you're carrying mm-hmm. that burden and that rock on your shoulders every single day that you wake up, right? And, you know, a lot of single parents have to feel like a burden to the people around them. That's the other thing. If you don't have a co-parent that's active helping you, then that means in order to make progress in your life, You're going to have to go to other people, not the co-parent, and have them help you so that you can progress in life. But then you're throwing a burden onto their lap, right? Mm -hmm. And and then you feel like a burden for having to throw that burden onto their lap. And then when it becomes a financial struggle, it's often the same people that you're going back to and saying, it's Christmas time and I don't have any money. Or I don't have rent, or you know, my car just broke down, and in order to get it fixed, it's going to cost nine hundred dollars, right? And to have to continuously go to other people with these burdens, right, and not be able to take care of them yourself—that is, I can't. Mm-hmm. Explain it's not a good emotionally. Feeling. How emotionally stressful that is, right? And that's single parenthood. And for me, that's what drove me so daggone hard to to succeed because I didn't want to live that way for 18 years. I knew that if I wanted to change that emotional financial stress, that all of those burdens that you carry around with, that I was going to have to swing for the fence right? That I couldn't just middle around in these sort of, you know, kind of good, whatever type jobs, I was going to have to really find a career. Because you have to also think that like in two parent homes, you have the benefit of two incomes. And if I just wanted the regular, you know, run of the mill quality of life of a two parent home for my children, that means that my job has to earn as much as a two-parent home typically would in the area that I live. I knew, and that's what I mean by home run. You have to hit a home run. And then in order to really make that kind of money, right, to really earn like a two-family type of, you know, or two-adult type of income, most jobs, you're going to be working overtime. Now, how does that work as a single parent? over time can you do that no you can't do that because you're already you're already putting a, a huge burden on other people just 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 to try and and achieve what, whatever you're trying to achieve so i completely agree that if a guy knocks a girl up and their approach or thought process or whatever to it is just like, well, you know, my mom was able to get through single parenthood. So you should be able to, too. Right. That's just, that's bogus. That is so bogus. That is such a cop out. And, you know, you're a sad human being. If that's your approach, you are a sad person.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it, sometimes I'm they didn't want the child to begin with. They just got stuck with it. So they dipped out. So I ain't gonna
0: do it. Makes a very good point. That plays into what we uh said last week. I swear I see more or just as many deadbeat mothers these days. You know, it's true. Uh the statistics that I brought up in the uh, our last episode, the decline of American motherhood is a real phenomena, right? Uh, You're talking about single fatherhood has quadrupled since the late 60s, quadrupled. And, you know, single fatherhood just pretty much means that the children are with the father, not the mother. So in that situation, nine times out of 10, it's a case of the mother abandoning or exiting the scene. That's what it is. That's what single fatherhood is. The same thing as single motherhood when you say single motherhood you, you most people equate that to the father leaving the scene right so that's an issue too but it's a breakdown of the family unit across the board you know single motherhood has and this would be guys guys exiting the scene has doubled in the same time frame so while single fatherhood is going up So was single motherhood, which was already, you know, single parenthood was already majority women, right? It was already like most, most of single parents were single mothers, not single fathers. And uh, there's just what it amounts to is there's just more single parents nowadays, way, way, way more single parents. So that's why they're both doubling and, or one's quadrupling and, and, and one's uh, doubling, you know, but women still represent the overwhelming amount of single parents. And, and that's due to the fact that, you know, guys are having children with women that they don't want long term relationships with and they're not being thoughtful about the whole situation when it happens right
1: Mm -hmm. yep and that's pretty much what happens but and that's why i just said i don't believe people should procreate until they know that's absolutely what they want to do not because it sounds good not because that's what we quote unquote i guess we want to get biblical that that's what we're supposed to do multiply and be fruitful uh it's it has to make sense because this is the this is what that kind of equates to right if we're just doing it because biblically that's what we're supposed to do but we're not making sure that we're financially secure enough to handle a situation you end up in places like this where it becomes even harder and i'm just a firm believer that you gotta not always want to go through something to learn from it but learn from other people that you see and I learned from being a child experiencing growing up in a single that I absolutely am not trying right. to I'm breaking the curse. I'm not keeping it yeah. alive. so yeah. and that's what just people have to do. And then even with you know some people not thinking a certain way, well again, the way you think and the way you carry yourself in this world is completely up to you. If you want to be stagnant with how you think, thinking long-term, you're just only thinking for the now, that becomes your responsibility. Like I cannot sit up and have sympathy for someone who doesn't want to use their brain. Like I get we don't use 100% of it. I wish we could, we can't. So for the percentage you have, like it's up to you to expand your thinking. It's up to you to make those choices, but we cannot hinder ourselves by just saying, well, I don't know, I don't know. You have smartphones, like we are blessed in a way with smartphones right. that will give you access to resources such as the internet, research the know-how. If you don't know how, how to, like Google, how to. DuckDuckGo right. is another useful uh, search engine, but, you know.
0: That's old school. But, you know, back to the the, the sort of clip there, um, she was picking on deadbeat dads that come from single-parent homes, essentially saying, well, of all people, they ought to know better. And and that's, that's true. They ought to know better. Um, But I, you know, as a sort of just as a general premise of, you know, what produces deadbeat dads, I don't know that single parenthood produces deadbeat dads at a higher rate than just crappy dads. They're both, they're both pretty high up there. I bet because I mean, when you think about it, if you have a crappy dad that that's, you're going to you're probably going to follow suit that's your example and you don't well, know because yeah,
1: men are the leaders in the community so what you see your father do you're going to learn from that Rather, right? oh, and yeah. again, if he's not there then you you kind of make your own rules as you go like that's the thing about it from people who didn't have that other parent you kind of have to make your own rules to survival until you learn different right but if You make a kid you're responsible for. It. I mean, it's just there's really just no way to get out of it, regardless of how much you may not like the person
0: that you chose to make you a child. Gotta do with, what you gotta do, yeah, you just you gotta have, have to, right? And I think that you know, my situation is probably a really good example of that. If I'm being 100% honest, when I got with my children's mother, uh, did I think that I was gonna have children with her? And you know that this would be something that I would be forever connected and intertwined with her on. No, no. I was in my mid twenties and I was dating. Um, You know, I found someone that liked the same football team as me and, you know, we got along really well. And, but I didn't have any like, you know, long-term ideas of what I wanted from life or from her or any of those things. We had children. And that's where you're going to find out if you're a chump or a man. Right? When they call you and they say, I'm pregnant, your reaction to that is going to determine whether you're a chump or a man. And you're either going to you're either going to get out of dodge as quickly as you can and pretend like they never even said it had to happen and just run like a coward or you're going to man up. And you're going to try to do the best you can to make the best out of the situation that you have found yourself in based on your own decisions. Okay. Right.
1: Hold that. This comment up here. I want to read we Got it. another
0: one. All right. Yeah,
1: Shannon Belmont. She said, if there's, if there, it's their fault for cheating, but some cases, some are in an abusive relationship and they are trying to leave the abuser. So it's a very touchy subject for me. I cheated because I was being abused physically for okay. eight we're, years we're and I wanted yes. out. So I started to talk to someone else, but it turns out the guy now that I was with is a narcissist and I just broke it off with him. Not seeing anyone else. I do not want another one in my life no more i want to focus on me and only me
0: yeah so that's um, that's actually our next segment oh okay because i yeah. was like she read the description so um yeah shannon we're gonna bring your comment back up we'll go ahead and pull up our next video and we'll go through your comment again
1: she did and- your uh, had responded to yep. this one that we're on she said men coddled by parents often turn into deadbeat fathers if their parents do everything for them and bail them out of everything then that man doesn't have the stamina for parenthood parenthood is a lot of work that's when you see men expecting the mothers or the grandparents to do all work same is true for coddled women you're absolutely correct yep. on this because actually what it is about those quote-unquote deadbeat fathers are just crappy men right when they're seeking out women they're seeking a replica of what their mother did their mother saw no wrong their mother was always there to rescue them to get them out of whatever to do everything for them including their laundry still cooking their meals so when they go out into the world and they want to find a potential mate they're looking for her and, and with the expectation of her to do what their mother did. And they tend to throw that in your face. So well, my mom does it. Well, guess what? Your mom's the reason why you have this problem right now too. And so even if you went to the mother, like some people, they'll go and talk to the mom about their son. Oh, she don't want to hear it. She, right. Her baby can't do no wrong. Don't talk about her, yep. her son. Yep. And that's yep. the problem right there. Yep. Sometimes you have to meet the mother, see how she treats her son does she treat him like he's a man or like he is just her son
0: right right no you're absolutely right spoiled kids spoiled kids period end up bad adults right that's i mean all around all right let's go ahead and pull up our next uh clip here get into it and rock and roll
2: You know, when my ex and I split up, I was at the dude she cheated with and not at her. I was hurt by her, but I was mad at him. And just recently I realized that that was a lot of misplaced anger. That dude did not owe me any loyalty whatsoever, she did. That dude wasn't with me for five years, she was. That dude didn't live in this house with me, she did. That dude wasn't part of my family, wasn't part of my son's life. she was. I misplaced a lot of anger towards him because I thought he knew she was in a relationship and he did it anyway. But then I got to thinking of all the lies she told me about all her actions. and I mean, it's they allegedly did and realized she's just continuing the cycle And the next victim.
0: Who's to blame when we cheat? And are we normalizing narcissism? So, all right, Shannon. The rundown here, I think, is she's saying, so she was in an eight-year relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And it was an abusive one. And so she started talking to someone else, cheated, got out of the abusive relationship, only to find out that the guy that she was talking to was a narcissist, and she says at the end she's focusing on her and her only. So Shannon, I'm just going to I'm just going to shoot at the hip here and 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 I'm just going to say that that sounds like the best thing that you can do under the circumstances that you have playing out there. That's the best possible solution that you got. I'm not a real big believer in justifying cheating, even if there's abuse. I feel like you got to figure out a way to get out. But given the circumstances, it sounds like you jump from one abusive relationship to another abusive relationship. And I'm like, I'm thinking that, yeah, we need to reevaluate the guys that that maybe you're attracting. The only way you can really do that. I think is to focus on yourself. All right, hold on, we got a call. All right, so we got Zane in here. There he is.
2: What's up, bro? How we doing?
0: All right. Bad. Cool deal. So, uh, all right. So, like I was saying, um, yes, yeah, my my dog's barking. Sorry. You find out, you find out, old lady's cheating. You're ready to rip dude's head off, right? Uh, more or less. More or less. And did you, were you giving her a pass completely? Oh, yeah. we. Uh, you we, blamed it all on him, bro? Well,
2: I listened to the lies. That was my problem. That was my
0: fault. Okay. 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 I get it. But, but I'm not, I'm
2: not going to bash her. You know, people are, we're adults. We're allowed to make our own choices, our own mis- mistakes. That's fine. Um, I don't agree that cheating is ever the answer. I saw somebody commented that, yep. you know. I agree you, with you. Yep. Yeah, yep. You know, I don't really want to throw a profession out there too much, but I kind of deal with that all the time at work. Uh, there are professionals you can call to help deal with that. And right. it's taxpayer funded. You pay for it anyway, might as well use it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I worked, I'll tell you, I worked a little in family law, which deals in divorce. And a lot of times my job was to take the phone call from the woman that was trying to get out right um and most of the time they were trying to do that in the correct ways they're, they're, they weren't cheating um but we had to be very careful about that process often they don't have money to pay for if it's a marriage they don't have money to pay for a divorce right in order to pay for the divorce they need they have shared bank accounts so it's sort of like it's kind of weird, but but we had to walk them through sort of like, okay, once you hit the bank account, you have to realize that this is game on because you cannot hide a transaction that's going to pay for a retainer, right? So oh, yeah. you, you, it's game on. You cannot go back to this guy, and that's often the hard part. They they run back and 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 then that just puts themselves in more danger. So but it sounds like you got to the right place. How'd you, how'd you get there?
2: (laughs) Crazy as it may sound. I literally disconnected with everything. I put my phone down. I packed up my old army rucksack and sleeping bag. And I went and slept in the middle of the woods in January. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just Uh, reflected.
2: You know, going out there and, and surviving on your own. Um, Because, you know, I, I put everybody Ahead of myself for far too long. It's pretty much been my entire life, um, and I I always cared more about the needs of other people than I did myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I literally took a, a primitive hunting bow, a, a recurve bow, old school, and packed up and went out in the woods. I didn't kill a dang thing. I didn't no. kill a deer. Nope. I had some uh, some MREs and some freeze dried camping meals from our. Uh, Bigfoot hunts we go on every summer, but,
0: uh, just made it work out there. Yeah. Uh, so I got to ask you, you know, your, your caption, which I didn't, I didn't get, I couldn't fit your caption that you wrote on the video in the, the way that I shared the clip. Yeah. But you said, are we normalizing narcissism? And I took that and in, in just tell me if I got this right. I took that to mean when we give, people passes like you're saying you just gave her a complete pass and you just believed her lies. That's the normalizing of narcissism. I'm, I'm guessing I got that right. Or how did you tie narcissism into this?
2: Um, if, if you were to reread everything, like the history of from the time I felt the cheating until current, it is textbook. There was the initial begging and pleading for, you know, to stay. And then there was, you know, we made it work for a while. And then there was, I'm a no good SOB and worst person in the world. Um, but I think that me, um, I, I, do, I hold a lot of culpability because I stayed. Yeah, I stayed myself up for failure. Um, <laughs> kept trying. And trying and trying. I got placed second place in that in that race. Um and I, I put myself there and I allowed myself to stay there because you know I thought it was what I wanted.
0: But the funniest you got thing, a was, boy, you got a little boy too, right? Or like,
2: yeah. Um she was there for more than half of his life, so that so sucks. That's
0: stepmother, kinda.
2: Yeah, ultimately. Okay. okay. Um, but it that that hurt. We had uh one day we were walking into, into Cracker Barrel after picking up from school and he just stopped and broke down and started crying, and that broke my heart because he said he missed her and I was like,
0: Well oh, man, oh man, that is tough.
2: And that was that was my fault. I didn't think about all the times we'd taken him to Cracker Barrel after we picked him up from school. Oh, so yeah,
0: it yeah, it triggered you. So I'm gonna crack myself open a little here for you. Um I've got some cheating stories too. And, um, so my, my cheating thing, I stayed afterwards too, after I found out and, uh, it was due to the kids. Right. It was like the, the thing for me was like looking at my children's faces and taking their lives as they knew it at that time taking their lives as they knew it and flipping it on its head felt like more trauma than just sucking it up and dealing with the the betrayal yeah and so i did but the betrayal ate me from the inside out man like i think everybody that knows me will 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 tell you i'm naturally a happy dude like i'm a happy guy i know you are too right uh if you would have spoke to me or seen me i was unrecognizable like i let my hair grow out i let my face grow out i gained like 20 pounds i went into complete depression all because i didn't want to take my boys away from their siblings. I didn't want one of the, and it's weird how these little these little things grab a hold of us, right? And the little thing that I remember that that is so simple and silly, but it kept me there. My little boy had started preschool. Okay, at this time, this is like he's at preschool age, and he just adored getting on that school bus every day and getting on there. And they only took him like two blocks up the road. Right. It was like the school was just like two blocks away, but he just woke up every day of his life. Just so excited to get on that yellow bus. And I knew if I, if I left that I would be stealing that from him. And it kept me there in that depression and in that misery Forever man like way longer than it should have you know a, a big thing about you know the whole
2: uh facilitating narcissism you know we we all do it to some degree whether it be upholding somebody's bad decisions because it's their decision to make um not calling people out on their bs things of that nature um we enable people all the time and again i see it at work all the time and i'm like dump because how do you enable somebody to, to do this, to, to do all the things that they're doing and you don't ever take personal accountability of it when it's your own life. And finally started doing that. And, you know, I, I, I look back at my history and as a younger man, not going to lie. I was that guy. I was out partying.
0: Didn't matter who with, um, I think I and, crossed paths with you a couple of times in those days. <laughs> come on, leave, And man! I, I,
2: I tore up Cambridge when I was uh, home from the army and things like that. But um, you know, I, I lived that life, and then I got my my family with my my son's mom, and I realized that's what I wanted. That's it. And it it went sideways. It went really bad, but we eventually reconciled and decided to do what was best for for our son. And yeah. it was the it was probably one of the greatest things greatest achievement in my life was hitting that point where I wasn't trying to prove a point to anybody and I wasn't trying to prove that I was right or if she was wrong it was just that point where you know we were being adults because two adults made a child and it was our responsibility to take care of that child and do what right by that child and we co-parent great now I mean it's you know he wanted to hang out with his uh his his brother this weekend because you know Love households his one brother only got to come this weekend and you know that's fine supposed to be my weekend no big deal um we'll make up the time later last weekend i had some time off and decided i want to go up to columbus and take him to scene 75 pretty cool place We've never been um but she agreed to it like yeah come pick him up so i kept him that's so cool saturday night and into sunday but uh you know, the, the funniest thing happened when I stopped caring and stopped trying so hard to fight. And you know, you'd think I would have learned a lesson last time. Don't fight fate. Don't fight what happened. Don't try to change how somebody showed you that they are and just move on with your life. But as soon as that point happened, I'm meeting somebody great, fantastic. We clicked very well. And it's just... Probably one of the best things in the world being able to have that person you could tell anything to, and you know I hate to use the term consciously optimistic, but that's, that's what we both do because she's been through it too. Yeah. Um, but you know, once things like this happen to us, people you're are so you so guarded, and and you try to yeah. you always try to be person, but you always end up getting hurt in the end.
0: But. We just, had this, uh, we just had a really good conversation like this kind of last night. And Ikea has her own podcast that she does outside of this one. And oh. we were talking about, you know, for me at least, knowing what I don't want out of a relationship is more important than knowing what I want. And the only way for you to really know what you don't want is to go through some crap. Yeah. Really go through some crap. And then you then you can identify sort of the red flags a lot, lot better than what you did the first time around. And you know. Ikea, did you have any questions lined up for Zane based on the video? Yeah,
1: I, I think it's the good thing that you after a while you were able to come to grips like it was her. It was on her versus the other person. Because I know sometimes. Now I don't know if, if did he know you guys were together. Like you were friends.
2: No, we weren't friends. The, okay, the okay. So dynamic. I won't really describe because don't want to affect the workplace things or anything for them. But um, yeah. but no, I I didn't know him. I knew of him, but. it's one of those things where it it happened. It's kind of funny. It happened. I found out, you know, we went through it, trying to work on it. And then one night we were great. Next night she was gone. And 15 minutes later, that's where she was. But it is. So, you know, know, people were like, oh, I'm sure you hate her. I'm sure you're mad. No. Um, Again, adult making adult decisions and adult mistakes. That's Mm -hmm. not something I can, know complain about
0: well i'll tell you that that hate and resentment will eat you from the inside out that's a selfish decision that you make at least that's how i've approached it like my children's mother um we've had a lot of ups and downs um she struggles quite a bit but i don't carry around resentment and hate towards her because that's not healthy for me right it's just not so uh Ultimately, I,
2: what what i kind of got out of the thing is happiness is a choice i choose mm-hmm. i choose to sit around for the longest time and just be miserable and salty and angry about everything and then all of a sudden everything started to come together and i'm like wait a minute okay life's for a living not for moping around and being sad so then you know we all process things differently. Every every person, we can experience the exact same thing at the exact same time, but we all process it differently. Um, and people process trauma differently. I don't know what causes people to do what they do, and nobody does. It could be unresolved childhood is, or issues. It could be an underlying medical condition. It could be something wrong with the brain. I don't know. Um, like a void. I think, I think a lot of
1: times when people tend to do certain things is because they have these voids and so they're looking for fillers and you might find it but the filler only lasts so long like actual fillers and they wear off and then so now you got this hole again because it's internal you know not so much a surface level but i think we tend to describe it as such so we think that you go okay, let me go do this because this makes me feel good right now. It's just temporary fillers. And you set yourself up to get hurt in the long run because that's what it potentially does because the real problem is with yourself. You have to figure out what's causing you to be unhappy. And sometimes it is the relationship. So basically the answer is you just got to leave. You got to move on. Like that's all you can do. Otherwise you just sit and drown in your own misery. And after a certain amount of time, like you said, it becomes on you. Like, if you're going to sit around and be unhappy for it's going to be on you. It's yeah. not going to be nobody else's fault. So, right.
2: Uh, JC, I grew up. Good. Hitting the gym, dude. Like, it, it's probably the greatest things ever. Occupies your time, occupies your mind, gets all those bad feelings out. But I will tell you, my worst cheating story was not this one. No. Uh, one. It. Oh, it was uh, circa 2008. Um, I was in Iraq. And, you know, talking to this girl, dating this girl, everything's golden good. And then all of a sudden, emails stopped getting answered, phone stopped getting answered. And oh, I'm that's going to like, be rough, man. You're all the way over on the
0: other side of the world. You know, I've, yeah,
2: the anniversary of um, another one of my many near-death experiences. I was driving home from work, had that terrible ice storm last year, and a tree literally fell on me. Like oh. I was driving about 45 miles an hour, tree fell across the road, cracked the windshield, windshield cracked me in the head. Pretty awesome time. And that popped up on Facebook memories. I laughed about it a little bit. But um, the, the big takeaway from it is I have survived 100% of the things that have tried to kill me. And there have been plenty of things in, the, in my life that have tried. But
0: I'm still here. I'm still kicking. I'm still moving forward. I'll tell you a good one. I, I was in high school, man. And my high school sweetheart, I don't know. He, like the whole reason I was into this chick is because she was like a groupie. She she used to come. You remember my parents had a teen club and she used to come to the club um with like tie dye t shirts and stuff that had my name on it, man. Like she was I'm, sorry, I'm was trying just... to place the name
2: to it right now because I'm, I'm trying to remember. a little bit.
0: I'm not gonna put her name out there, but she was like, she was a groupie, man. Like she was obsessed with me, right? And I was just, I, I was just beside myself that a girl liked me that much that she was like, you know, putting my name and stuff on shirts and and whatever. And so this ends up becoming like my high school, like on and off all through high school, and then we started hitting like graduation. And she just starts being different. And, and, I, and I can't really pinpoint why, but she just starts being different. And at that time, my friend group had started to, like, expand. And it turned out that one of the guys that was in my friend group, they had, like, started talking, like, behind my back, right? Well, I was also very Focused at the time, like I made music like crazy, and I was all into the DJ stuff. So in hindsight, I can kind of understand why she got bored because most of her time with me, she sat in my room and watched me play on the computer. That was pretty much it. That was her whole existence, right? And I think in hindsight, she just got really bored with that. wasn't feeling it, so she started talking to this uh, other guy. But the funny thing is, like, um, the night. That they decided to seal the deal. They were at a party full of people that were my friends. So they called me up on the phone while they're in the middle of it, man. And they're like, hey, JC, she's in the room with so and so, and they're da da, da, da da. I'm like, what? The heck? Like, That's I gotta all the on this thing back then. <laughs> oh man, I was so heartbroken though. Like I was so angry, and I went into that thing that you went into. I went into, I'm gonna kill him, right? And he was technically my friend, but not like we weren't like really good buddies, but I mean he was hanging out in my circle a lot. So I felt like he owed me loyalty that he didn't probably really owe me. But there was a whole episode over that, man. I waited for him after school and um got into a brawl over it the whole nine man but just crazy like that they called me in the middle of it <laughs>
2: you, know, you you think about it and you're like man is it worth it i mean you think about everything you've established and
0: just, oh just nowadays not- heck no man nowadays i mean if you're gonna do that to me i'm just gonna ship you out and get rid of you it's not worth losing every. I mean, I'm talking. I was still probably 16 years old, you know. um So yeah, I mean, waiting for him after school—that whole thing—you just don't have any maturity at that age, you know.
2: No, and you know I, the, the worst part about it is when people try to discredit you afterwards. Somebody could do you completely wrong and then try to tarnish your name. That—that's the worst part. it. it's like I'm moving on with my life. Just leave it be. I I'm see you, in.
0: one of your videos was like, y- use every tool at your disposal. You you were bringing up, you talked about Facebook. You're like, if they're going to trash you on Facebook, don't listen to people that tell you to take the high road. Like, you have a right to use Facebook to trash them back.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, ultimately, anybody that asked anything about anything that they've heard about me from certain people, I'm just like, consider the source. Right. Uh, look at the history of what has happened. Look at who you're talking to and, and consider what you're hearing and, and from who you're hearing it because the no liar's gonna no lie. gonna no cheat. Man, I'm writing a Taylor Swift song here. You want to collaborate yep. on it?
0: Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, Zane. I appreciate you uh, participating. Actually, just so the audience knows, I it just occurred to me why we couldn't hear you right the way the way that my mixing board hooks up into the computer as a source has to be set to a certain setting for it to pick up the computer audio with it and i just went into this episode thinking that everything needs to be like normal but
2: you gotta make it up you want to see my face all you gotta do is ask (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to pull another one of your videos on another episode and, and we can try it again. The
2: Britney Spears one's classic.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. All right. Well, I, I I think we're out of topic, so uh, we're pretty much just going to end the show here. You guys been watching the sixth episode of the X's podcast, and we'll see you next week, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, same time. Later. Bye.